Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 359. I am Peter, and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? Connor's also here. Yes, again. Oh, I thought it was going to be more to that sentence. He just he no. kind of abruptly... Just, just again. It's, it's, it's a shock in itself. Um, yeah, so Connor decided to show up on a week where he'd have almost nothing to read, because that's how uh, dedicated he is mm-hmm. to yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> hey, I read all of them. Very, very good. I'm impressed. Coming up on this week's show, it's a DC Comics podcast, of course, everyone. Um, we are going to be talking about Detective Comics 1072. Uh, Matt and Connor read the Power Girls special, issue one. And then there's the DC Pride 2023 issue one to look at. And that is the extent of the books. Although I did also do a Patreon book, because uh, I'd be a fool not to this week. Uh, American Vampire issue 30, uh, I did. So that's coming up. I did uh, one as well. I, I did Nocterra, the Val special. Technical Tactical issues. discussions on the show today. I oh, don't worry, I'll have edited some of that out, Matt. <laughs> Assuming he remembers. I, I've taken a note, I'll remember. Don't you, don't, don't you worry, your, your pretty little ginger head. I can't wait to see the comments of, of how he forgot. I will not forget. It's like he hasn't realised that by making that challenge, he's ensuring that there's no way I'll forget, because I will not give him the satisfaction. I believe you. Hmm. So yes, so week five, so dreary week five, we know what that means. It, we mean it's a, a weird short list of comics, mostly specials or annuals, uh, although they were kind to delay Detective a week just so we'd have one like real ongoing book mm-hmm. to talk about. A real book. Yes, so that's nice. But that is the, uh, the, the, the plan. Uh, obviously, we have what we always start the show with, which is Matt's favourite segment, of course. Yep, riveting. There's always time for a Comixology Top 10. Although, I've got a funny feeling that Tuesday's uh, figure will be less than 10. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll do the 10 for Tuesday on uh, a Comixology here, but uh, there's definitely some weirder titles that we're not used to seeing. <laughs> so, um, any guesses as to what number one was uh, as of right now on the Comixology chart? I'm going to say tech. No. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to go with the Pride special. It is the Pride special. Uh, there you go. Uh, number two is the Power Girl special. And wow. number three is Detective Comics. So, Oof. What is going on over there? I get the, the Pride special selling all of it. I think people yeah. buy those. You know, mm-hmm. uh, They usually do anyway. That, that's mm-hmm. why they keep doing them now, let's be honest. Because if, Te- if people didn't buy oh. it, they, they, they wouldn't bother. Honestly, tech's been a little low on these. Like yeah. it's always been in the ten, but it, it's it's been a little lower than you'd expect. It's been been under a lot of the other ongoings I on think its weeks. Lower than the Power Girl special is definitely yeah. lower than expected. Yeah. Uh, so number four here. Let me just click on this to get the full title. I don't want to get this wrong. My room is a dungeon rest stop volume six. Oh, is... that sounds like an isekai. <laughs> yes. Uh, number five is Sakurai San wants to be noticed volume four. More isekai. What are these titles? Uh, number six is Icon and Hardware, issue three. Uh, so, hey, it, technically a DC book. It is a DC book. Uh, number six is Big Nate, Next Stop, Superstardom. That's an what? adaptation of a show my niece watches. I know oh, I've much. never heard of it. Good, good, good uh, to know. 
Uh, number eight is Skeleton Knight in Another World, Volume 10. More isekai. It's a very popular genre of that... manga and anime right now, and I hate every single one of them. That 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 one sounds oh. like a metal album, though. For, for those of <laughs> isekai, it's, uh, it's basically when someone from the real world enters like a different world. Sometimes it's uh, like a fantasy world or a video game. So what you're saying is, is it's ripping off Last Action Hero. Sure. But it's an entire genre, and all of them have those stupid names that are just a sentence. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, they all have bad titles. All these ones that yeah. I've read are bad. Every single one, and they're uh, all bad. Yeah. Uh, number nine here is FGTV Out of Time. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> number 10 is Love and Rockets. Uh, okay. Issue 13, which is a, a Jaime Hernandez uh, book. So, uh, yeah, Weird Tuesday. Uh, it's DC. Then there are three books, well, four technically, and a bunch of uh, manga and your, your weird, like, you know, the people, see when you go to the bookstore and there's those people who'll take a book off the shelf and just sit on the floor and read it right next to the mm-hmm. shelves? That's what these people are reading. <laughs> these books. And I don't say that with any malice in my heart. It's just, uh, just it's just the facts. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to keep my comment to myself because it was a story that might offend people. So, <laughs> we'll put that in. Well, Matt at least kicked one of these people in the face. <laughs> Not on purpose, but maybe I should have. <laughs> okay, uh, Wednesday's top ten then, and Marvel actually held a lot of books back uh, for. I, their, I really for hope week. that, and now I know the obvious book that it usually is at this point. Mm-hmm. I really hope it's not that because this was, I believe, the issue. Uh, it, it was indeed the issue. Amazing Spider-Man uh, yeah. is is at number one. Yeah. Uh, with its big shocking death and whatnot, which I wouldn't say who, just in case somehow you don't know, but I suspect yeah. you've probably seen it on the internet. If you've made it this far, congratulations, you're yeah. not perpetually yeah. online. Given that Marvel themselves spoiled it before the issue came out, well done you if you made it, but what a yeah. so it's not even shit decision. It's not even reading on here on Leo Comic Geeks in the in the top. Mm. Oh, so, interesting. Interesting. Uh, number two is Doctor Strange. Number three is Punisher, uh, which is the final issue of that. That's a twelve issue book. Uh, number four is Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain. Uh, number five is Avengers Beyond. Number six is Captain America, Symbol of Truth. Number seven is Wo- World Tree issue two. I had to think about that. It's a Tynan book. That's the Tynan book that he did in his newsletter. Uh, but it's, it's got yeah. numbers in the title, so I had to think about how to say it. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Alien Issue 2, which I actually didn't realize was out this week. I might have read it if I did, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, because Issue 1 was all right. It wasn't wasn't great, but it was all right. Uh, it's Declan Shelby and uh, yeah. someone. So I'll right. check it out in another month when it hits. Yeah, um, it's, it's not breaking the mold or anything. It's a pretty typical Alien comic, but it's, it's all right. So just a quick update. The Amazing Spider-Man, I think it was 26 that came mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Uh, 11 rows down on League of Comic Geeks. So not not even close to the top. Is that still and, sorted as community or most polled, though? Um, I think so. Let me see. No, that's under most polled. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people dropped it, it seems like, on League of Comic Geeks. So. Interesting. Because a lot of all the hardcore people have dropped yeah. it. It's Spider-Man. It'll sell no matter what, well, of right? Of course, yeah. I just—it's always curious to see where these pop up compared to Pete's Comicsology list. 
Yeah, uh, number nine is Deadpool issue seven, and number ten is the Star Trek Annual twenty twenty three. Uh, so, neat. is that the Deep Space Nine guy with Captain Kirk? What is going on? Picard's there as well. It seems to yeah. be a big crossover. Or, oh, there he is uh, in the back. At the very least, it's got a story of each of them, anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but there's even more Marvel. They actually had a full week of publishing. They actually had a very late week last week, I think, instead. So, yeah, that's what it is. But uh, there you go. Uh, that's the Comicsology Top 10. Um, I'd love to milk that for a bit more, given that there's not a lot of books this week. But here we are. That's fine. I'm sure there's lots of books next week, and it'll be... I mean, I, I don't, you know, I'm just guessing. That's a reasonable amount next week. Uh, the week after that's quiet, and then week three is quite busy, uh, and four is reasonable again. So, yeah. Okay. That is, yeah, it is. It is what it is. So, there you go. Um, you all right, Matt? Yeah, I'm not going to end up like Connor. It's fine. <laughs> you hope. Yeah. Oh, uh, dear. All right. Well, yes. Uh, yeah, weird fifth week it is. Well, I mean, it's now June, obviously, but it was the end of May. Uh, things are getting warm now. I actually had to crack open some windows this week, wear some shorts. Oh man, my windows have been open for about a month. I've been wearing been, shorts for like three weeks. It's been kind of on and off, but like I was still having to close them at night. Whereas this week's the first time I've just left them open like the whole time. If I leave my windows open, I will melt. Yeah, but we don't have. <laughs> aircon so right it's it's windows or or probably you call it aircon instead of ac yeah okay everyone does it i've never called it aircon this is the first time i'm hearing of this okay everyone in england calls it aircon <laughs> i mean no i've never heard anyone in scotland call it ac either it just doesn't exist here well, <laughs> no but if you're talking about it in a building it's aircon right. I would just say air conditioning. I would just say the full thing. I would never. I've never heard anyone say air con. Yeah, it, it was weird. We went to go see my friends in uh, Seattle. There's a dyslexic person trying to watch Con Air. <laughs> air con. <laughs> Starring Cage Nicholas. Yes. Uh, but no, we went to go visit friends up in Seattle years ago, and they didn't have any AC. They just had a heater for the winter, and it was wild because the temperatures are you know normal. Yeah, so that's we have a, a fan and, and a heater for the winter. Mm-hmm. But and they neither have of them work at either end of the year. Very good. I made a quality joke there, no one heard. That's okay. Nope. We just ignored it, is the difference. I didn't yeah. actually hear it, so. Oh. I, said, I asked if they had DC, which oh. was really just a reference to the band, and then I realized, oh, it works for this show too. It, it's it's, it's got layers. It's got It's got. There's, 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 there's layers all over the place um so very good um yeah yeah uh weird weird week but you know um we've had a lot of good number ones recently so that's nice yeah dc comics is feeling relatively positive right now there's definitely some middling books but it's interesting for me i'm finding the the fringe books being the gen by and large obviously there are exceptions to this but the fringe books are the most exciting ones the ones that i like look forward to reading mm. a lot of the the mainline bigger character ones are kind of just in a holding pattern right now for me at least i mean i think i think that's probably something we generally agree with in the sense that the stuff that taylor and ram v are writing were were pretty on board with but you know it's the uh 
you know, it's the Doom Patrols and stuff that are really good mm-hmm. right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, mainline Batman right now is in a bit of a... I'm dreading the fact that I'm pretty sure Batman's out next week and I have <laughs> the entirety of the last arc to read. Oh, uh-huh. baby. Joke's on you, sucker. So, so uh, let me find out what the last issue I read which... was because I don't actually know. Yeah, and that ends with uh, issue 900, Connor, which is extra specially sized. So look forward to that. Oh, so I've got like a lot of... Batman to read is what you're telling me. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm telling you. You get a lot of Batman. The last issue I read was... That's... That thing's not sorted properly. God damn it. This pause is longer than I was anticipating. Uh, 131. What, what issues are next week? Let me have a look. 136. 136. So I have to read five issues next week. <laughs> including the new one five issues of that man buckle in <laughs> man's oh. just got a healthy evil chuckle there the th- <laughs> yeah, thought of that that was a little bit concerning <laughs> it might read better altogether versus month to month but it might be even worse Who i knows? mean I think getting through it all in one go will probably be a little better because I-, I think yeah. waiting for a chapter and then just been annoyed Maybe like, I should have a drink on hand. Oh, maybe. Uh, you have five issues and you are going to like it. Anytime uh, that uh, the arc does something that you feel is against what you would like for, say, a character like the Joker, take a drink and see how, how good bro, you do. Why do you want to get him plastered? <laughs> so I'll do that maybe tomorrow night when I haven't got work the next day. <laughs> Connor's gonna miss the show because of alcohol poisoning over five issues. Yeah, but you're you're on a cruise for the next two weeks, Matt. He has to make yep. the show. Oh dear. Um yeah. Um Yeah. I mean I I, I you know, I it's like it, I was kind of sad today when I was like, "Oh, I've only got one real comic to read," and I feel I feel mean saying that, but uh, more more on that as we we get into these not, books. Even yeah, more not for you, like a content you, you though. You didn't because... even read the Power Girl one, which yeah. I, I feel feels a bit more like a real comic to us, yeah. I think, because we've been reading the backup. Yeah, but I was gonna say, um, it's not like we have lack of content though, because the the Pride special is very hefty, so there's plenty plenty of stories in there. It's hefty in pages. Yes. <laughs> that sounds like such a backhand. I'm, I'm not sure it's hefty in content. Agreed. And I, I want to make it clear just before we get well into too far, because already I can I can hear that being taken out of context. Yep. I don't hate it. I just want to put that out there right now. Yeah, I no, don't hate the issue, but it's it's a typical it's special. Fl- it's fluffy, right? Yeah. It, it's 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 got some fluff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I feel bad. I feel I feel bad when these specials come out, and they're always a nice cause. You know, this is the Pride uh, one. Sometimes we get one for Black History Month. Sometimes we yeah. get one for yeah, the Asian. Uh, what was, what was the name of it again? So it's the AAPA. So I think it's Asian American Pacific. Yeah, yeah. A- Asian American and Pacific Islander AAPI. Okay, Asian Month. <laughs> this is what I'm going to call it. Um, In but, your accent, that sounds way worse than you meant it. What? <laughs> Did just it? the way that you, you, I mean, for me, it sounded like you called it Asian Month. Just with your accent, it sounded a little bit harsh. You're saying How is it any thing? different than saying yeah. Asian Month and in any other accent? Yeah. Just set it off. 
<laughs> you're, you're both saying the same thing and it sounds exactly the same no that's, that's with your british ears and music american ears we get you know we hear things differently i'm sorry what slur does it sound like i'm saying i didn't say slur but if you're thinking it pete we have issues. i'm not thinking it you, you said it sounded you implied bad. i said it sounded harsh when he, the way that he said it with his accent the way his accent goes what that's all he just stopped talking <laughs> I mean, it's not like I had a tone on it. If I said, like, Matt, you're an American. Like, if I said it like that, you may yeah. have a point. I'm really glad you shifted to, to insulting Matt and didn't try and say Asian Month again. But oh, of course Because yeah, then, never... then that's out of context. And, I would never know, say that. I was, letting him, I was letting him to see what he was going to do. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> me, I definitely would have fallen into that trap. Yeah, yes, you would. <laughs> uh... uh... Yeah. Um see DC uh, put out more stuff in fifth weeks or else you get this stuff. <laughs> Alright. Uh oh okay. Well, um let's just start off with some comics. I'm sure there'll be semantics along the way. Uh so we <laughs> have Detective Comics 1072, Ram V with Ivan Reese on the art. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of the countdown to something happening at this this new tower that the Argums have built. They've got this big opening party. And all the Bat family members are in their positions looking into stuff. And Nightwing's sort of up top. Cass is looking for the people in the cages that were in the sewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they're gone by the time she gets there. Uh, the implication being that they've all been turned into... Uh, Demons. The yeah, Asmer. The, the Asmer monsters, yeah. Um, and then Batman, of course, is uh, in pursuit. And sort of, you know, it, it does that thing where the start of the issue teases the fight that's coming, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of the issue and uh does that so this is definitely a, a more straightforward issue than some of these recent ones where mm. it is just kind of the action beats it's the build up to it uh which i think makes makes complete sense at this point in the story uh everything's it's, ramping up it's a good issue and it's fun but it's probably less interesting than some of the previous ones yeah yeah i think that's fair i i did i did like uh you know there's a, a portion of the fight where like batman takes out some of the other like other you know, the, the the main henchman because he's, he's... That, that page where he drops in and it's like mm-hmm. all like kind of greenish and it's it's like a two-thirds page spread for him but he's come prepared you know he's got the weaknesses ready for the werewolf and the other mm-hmm. one like he's got like you know he's learned enough now in this point in the arc that he's prepared for them and that's like a plot beat that comes up um but uh the, the issue kind of results with him having to make this choice where he's told that it, he can get to the reality machine um, but doing so would take so much time and there'd be a lot of explosives up on top that'll kill lots of people, probably thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can flip this switch that's right next to us and it'll bring down the tower on top of us. And I'm not sure if this is a surprise to the villain, but of course Batman immediately went, yeah, I'll flip that one then. Yeah. To, hell, to mm-hmm. hell with my life, I'll save everyone else. Yes, exactly. Uh... So I, I got I, almost like a chuckle out of that, not because it was badly written or because no. it's funny in and of itself, but I just like the arrogance of this asshole not thinking that Batman would immediately make that choice. Unless this is part of this that's, plan. That's why really? I was thinking. Like, I don't yeah. know if that is arrogance or if it is like no, no this is what he, he played wants. him. Yeah, it very well could be. Um, I acknowledge. I mean, we, we, we got a lot of follow up from it this issue yet because it just kind of ends with. That. I mean, it ends with the explosion. Yeah, with that moment. So. Uh, it's all it's all very good. Uh, so no, it's good stuff. Uh, interestingly, as well, the backup this uh, issue uh, mm-hmm. is by Dan Waters, but it's like tying in heavily to some more of this backstory stuff with the with the Arzens. I 
did see oh, Ty Spurrier tweet because people were like, hey, why are mm-hmm. you not doing it anymore? Uh, he basically said he got too busy doing other stuff and it was hard to fit into the schedule. And oh, that's fair. He's worked with Waters before. They're part of the same kind of uh, studio. Clubhouse. Yeah, him, yeah. Th- those two, Ram V uh, and, mm-hmm. and one other, uh, kind of like all um, of the same I will guy. say this. Not that I wasn't enjoying the Cy Spurrier stuff because I was. This is much more my jam of a backup. I thought it was the, better as well. I, I think like, it just felt a little... Uh... In, it, just, in, it, it just it felt like it was telling a more complete story yep. in the backup and i felt like it added something to the character because mm-hmm. it's this story about how young uh arzen wouldn't let go of this tree that was dying because his father helped plant it yeah so they were and... supposed to you know plant it and watch it grow together and then harvest the fruit and then so he gets obsessed with making sure that it bears the fruit um because you know it's a memory of his father and so him and his uh I guess not his like his bodyguard, right? That's like the guy that's teaching him to fight and all yeah. this other stuff. They go through and start aggressively guarding gardening around the tree to make sure there's no issues and the tree is still wilting and dying and you know, it's very much a symbol of his, you know, belief in his father. Um very, very good. The mother comes off really bad, which we already knew, right? Because we already got <laughs> the back the the back, but watching her son go, you know, basically he's a drive himself mad over this uh, and then of course the, the league shows up to you know finish the plot and the whole time she's just like but is he learning to fight mm-hmm. right, who cares about this tree is, is he fighting right, right. so uh, i'm wondering how that's gonna come back up if, if you know bruce is gonna be able to rationalize with him being you know a, a child of trauma as well well i, I think a lot of this story for me took on this idea that He's willing to kill all these other trees and plants mm-hmm. and things around because he thinks they're taking resources away from the tree that right. he wants to survive. And it's this idea that it's foreshadowing his attitude to things where he's willing to go scorched earth for the right. one thing that he believes should be flourishing. That what mm-hmm. and, so. and you would assume he's wrong in, in obviously morally anyway, right? But likely pragmatically as well as he's just kind of destroyed the ecosystem. Right. Yeah. He, he's actually it- made things worse for what he wants. Right, because they planted it in the be in like the center of the garden, and like the kind of the garden, it it created its own ecosystem, and that was the the heart of it all. So the fact that he basically destroyed this to keep this alive, yeah, you know, it shows how far he's willing to go to get his way. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I liked it a whole lot. The art too, not that there's anything with the Ivan Reese art, but this just had a mood to it. it I think it's a little bit more stuff. Like, Ivan Reese, I've said before, he's he's really solid. Mm-hmm. But he's a great house style, yeah. Like for DC, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this it's a little bit different. So it's um, so almost inherently more interesting, just because it's not house style, um, mm-hmm. which doesn't always mean better, obviously. But well, no, but it's definitely like it's it's close enough to what we expect, right? With like the Ra's al Ghul stuff, yeah. And I think it's, it's just the, the extra like the flat colors mm-hmm. really kind of just make it feel a little bit different, yeah. Yeah, um, there's an interesting scene in the main story with uh, Montoya and Gordon, uh, mm-hmm. just where they kind of, he, he comes to Montoya with this information that there's some danger, uh, and all this is going on, and tries to get Montoya to pour some resources into like helping with all these potential threats, and Montoya's like, this is a bit of a goose chase, and the only reason why you're coming to me with this is because you're clearly, you've got a reliable source, meaning you're mm-hmm. working with Batman yeah, again, Um so they have a they have a bit of a pissing contest uh about it like you know she's feeling challenged she accuses him of 
you know, you don't have this job anymore, partly because of this. And Gordon's like, yeah, I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of stupid stuff. But I always never, I never let anything get in the way. And particularly in this case, he's talking about, she's concerned about the optics of what the police are doing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, we have to have a show of force uh, policing this big event, all that sort of stuff. But you never let anything like that get in the way of asking the real questions of the things that may actually be leading Mm -hmm. to something bad. And, you know, it leaves it in this cold moment where Coley is probably, you know, hit her a little bit. She's probably starting to think maybe she should be looking into it. Yeah, and with the, uh, you know, leaning heavily on the question of it all with, there's a, a shot with a mask, you know, her question mask in the foreground. So, yeah. 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 So, but yeah. Yeah, no, uh, it's, a, it's a solid enough issue. Uh, yeah. Again, I like all the Bat family members, well, not all of them, but, you know, a reasonable amount of them being involved and mm-hmm. try to keep things going. I, I will say this is one of these things where I saw the cover and I got excited for more shoes and Grundy. And uh, yeah, no, shoes no. and Grundy. Yeah, not even in the back No, so very, very disappointed because that was a uh, team up I wanted to see. So it uh, almost feels like they made a whole series of covers just and then just slapped them on random issues. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, uh, there you go. That's Detective Comics 1072. I suppose we'll give her ratings. Matt, what are you giving it? I'll give this a 7.5. All right. Connor? Uh, I'll probably give it just a 7. It's still good. Okay. I thought you were going to have more of a sentence there. Uh <laughs> Um, I will give it. Uh, I, I'll probably agree with the seven point five. I don't think it's the strongest issue of the yeah. arc by any means, mm-hmm. but I think it's you know it's a solid middle chapter building up to you know what it's doing. Uh, good cliffhanger. Interested to see where it goes next. So mm-hmm. good stuff. All right. Uh, the Power Girls special issue one. Leah Williams writing with Margaret Savage on the story. Take it away. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so- it picks up right after the. The backups. Uh, with mm-hmm. we're dealing with Johnny, Johnny Sar. Yeah, and he is uh, he's plunged the at least Metropolis into this fugue state, right? And, he's, and they're he's all in this shared delusion, which I kind of love. Yeah, like, the, the the first page is this fake advert for Johnny Sorrow's fragrance, mm-hmm. and it's got sorrow because you don't need a face to turn heads. Yeah, very very smart writing. That. that made me laugh. So, Already, good start. I'm laughing on the it, first page. It's been a minute since I've been familiar with Johnny Sorrow. And so until I finish this, because it gets heavy into his kind of past about, yeah. you know, in the 40s and stuff. So when I pulled it back up, I forgot he was a silent movie star. And the reason that he becomes Johnny Sorrow is he turned to crime and got stopped by the Sandman and Sandy. Yeah. Right. And that's what leads to him to become a, you know. Uh, a hell spawn essentially just yeah, crafty that's why he's so tied with the jsa right and so but i forgot about the acting part so seeing seeing this world where like you're talking about the fragrance and all of this like you know uh it's just theatrical performance yeah, yeah it's one big performance and i thought that was hilarious um until of course Paige or power girl you know kicks kicks her way out which uh i think with what this issue leads to, um, I feel it's it's a, it's a real big take, a big a real big swing for Leah Williams to have a superpower family or a super family member having like reality punching powers. Yes, uh, that has famously never been wrong before. Yeah, and so I, I definitely think it takes some you know 
massive guts to make that work and and i think leah williams does and, and I, I think it's ballsy to stick with it because to, to jump ahead a little bit by the end of the issue mm -hmm. her telepathy is gone yeah her psychic has, so she doesn't have the psychic link no. with uh um, uh, omen with omen anymore thank you mm -hmm. but she does still have the um the astral punch yep and it, it definitely uh the, the tease at the end kind of sets up like no no this is going to be a kind of a main part of her series when mm -hmm. that finally starts in like september when yeah, which I do like because through through the course of this, we get that you know Johnny Sorrow has these four uh, horsemen, right? Yes. You have a pit, pit, the pendulum, the poet, and, and the, the piper. piper. Yeah, they're really really leaning to the alliteration, right? And each of them are doing something different in the city. So like he does, he dispatches the pit into Gotham, and it makes it look like you know it's causing people to you know be pitted against each other. Yeah, and it's then, inflaming the passions. Yeah, right. And then you have the the pendulum, who looks like something out of uh, Silent Hill, right? Like I'm not that familiar with the games. It's but... very much like there is no head; it's just a big like crystal spike. Yeah, or like a tree stump kind of that's been broken off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but so he's he's gone through the south to you know uh, cause chaos and uh, you know frighten people, uh, and then in LA the the poet has gone to entice people. Uh, and then the pipers in Seattle to, go with it, to LA with that, right? Uh, and then the 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 pipers gone to you know to basically awaken the passions and make people dance, you know, kind of pipe piper, yeah, e, right? And so uh, this you know this is part of Sorrow's ploy to keep Power Girl and Omen busy, right? Yeah. Because while he's in the astral plane, they can't touch him, right? So yeah, yeah. and. He can't, I mean, he can't touch them either, but he right. doesn't really need to most of the time. No. And so uh, this leads to a challenge for, you know, for Paige and Omen to, you know, figure out how to do this. And um, come to find out that, that uh, Paige, has, through her, you know, her history of feeling like she doesn't belong, has, you know, put up this, uh, what they call it? Like a wall of feelings? It, it, it did have a specific name. It was just like this metaphorical wall. Wall of yeah. awful. Right. And so that's when when the Lazarus rain hit her. That's what activated her psychic abilities because they're all behind this wall of awful, right? And this is her barrier, and that's what she eventually breaks through and gives her that astral punch, right? But is that yeah. wall of awful? And over the course of the issue, it's she has felt like she's never belonged because she's from Earth too, right? And so even in her history, they give her the 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 burn birthing matrix origin for Supergirl, yes. right? That was more traditionally with, with Clark and Man of Steel, where she was, you know, she wasn't quite born yet. They they put her as a, you know, as a as a fetus into this to to go off to Earth. And she grows up by herself, right? She gets to Earth 2. She's with Cal. Cal dies. I'm assuming this is Infinite Crisis. I think uh, it is the crisis. Yeah, the pre-crisis right. Cal, yeah. Right. So that's Cal so, L, as in just right. the capital letter L. Right. And then, as we know, through, through you know, multiversal shenanigans, Earth 2 also d gets destroyed. So she ends up on Earth. And so she, she never feels, because of this, like, growing up in isolation, losing her cousin that, you know, was her one tie back to, you know, her home and whatever. She's kept every one of the super family in, uh, like, at arm's length. So she's going around Metropolis, you know, kind of trying to wake them up, like, you know, because she has John at, there at the beginning. Yeah. Um, we get this really nice moment with her and Kara where she goes into Kara's apartment 
And this is what I wish Pete had read because Shrieky shows up and uh, Shrieky protects Kara, which is nice, right? Yeah. yeah. Start, Shrieky just talks, starts taking slices. Yeah, at, at Paige. And, and so. He throw him through a wall. <laughs> and then it's like, I hope they can't have superpowers or else I'm going to feel real guilty, right? And so, of course, Shrieky does. But um, Kara, where she had passed out, right, she was filling out her journal and she, you know, Paige starts reading it and then realizes, well, this is a. It, I can't do this. This is a violation bit, of privacy. Like, Power Girl is a lesser version of me. That's how yeah. she. And she's like, nope, diary, yeah. I shouldn't. Next panel. Right. Whoop. Picks it back up. Picks it back up. He's trading. But then it, it's this very nice complimentary where Kara realizes that she puts up this wall, but we have to keep trying to break through to her because, you know, as a member of the super family, it's our job to make her feel welcome. And the fact that she's done so well despite isolating herself from everybody shows how strong and Kara admires that. And so it awakens this part of, of Paige that, um, you know, she feels wanted and she feels like now this is her mission that she has to take care of Johnny Sorrow and Metropolis, you know, just, just for, you know, the super family. So nothing bad happens to them. All right. So she goes through um, with this newfound, you know, like fire, she goes and starts taking on the horsemen just lots um, and lots of astral punches. Yep. And then... Uh, Except the one in Gotham, which Catwoman deals with. Right, Catwoman deals with, which I think was a little bit weird. Um, yeah. But hopefully hopefully we get more on that later, because I do like Leah Williams. I'm going to continue with this for sure, right? But I'm hoping mm -hmm. that's a mystery for later, because I want to know how, out of all people, Catwoman's the one that, that was able to deal with this. Yeah. Um, um, reasons was kind of the, the, the vibe was, here. Yeah. Well, and... and when she ends up in where, where she's taking on the, the pendulum, right? Um, Johnny Sorrow starts uh, popping back up, and uh, she he touches her, right? She stops. Whoa, whoa, uh, a punch. whoa, whoa. Where, where does he touch her? Well, no. No, 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 because <laughs> so, he was incorporeal before. Like, he, right. he, uh, it was just they okay. were going through, like, phased through, through each other. Right? If Pete had so, paid any attention to the rest of this right. conversation, that would have been fine. Right. No, no, I was just. Well, that was, was the context as well. I was right. getting images of, you know, Charlie with the doll. Where did they touch you? <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so he, she goes to punch him, right? And it, he blocks it. So now Power Girl realizes, hey, we can tussle. So they start fighting. He starts trying to seduce her, you know. They they end up doing, like, you know, this, uh, like, old movie. It looks like Gone with the Wind on the cover, right? And this is where it's get, kind of getting into his 40s, um, origin and then he starts to take his true form which is that lovecraftian tentacle beast right um and uh power girl uh it, what says she's I'm having none of it up. well she's having none of it but it's basically she's baiting him just long enough for omen to do what omen needs to do psychically because of course johnny sorrow starts monologuing about all of the stuff that he's done um and and Omen kicks Johnny Sorrow out of uh, Power Girl's head, which is where now we're realized that's where they've been. That's where they've been fighting, right? Um, but in doing so, this is what removes her psychic powers. Powers, um, right? It, it kind um, of the little piece of the the astral plane that was kind of mm -hmm. in there that was giving her the powers to begin with, mm -hmm. kind of got shoved out along with Johnny Sorrow, right? And so she she retreats. She goes back. Uh, it seems like uh, because Johnny Saros, you know, was telling her that you 
you can save everybody. You just have to come back to Earth too. Um, but she realizes he's already tried this before. He's just playing from a different script, but it was Star Girl last time. Yep, it's um, the exact same thing as before. Right. So she she goes back to her house, right, and it's it is just littered with pizza boxes, which I, I very much appreciate. You know, um, and then she starts punching this this mirror because she doesn't know what to do, and Cal L uh, uh, shows up to her, which not. I'm not, I don't mind Savage's art. Like I'm not in the peak camp where it, I, you know, where I wouldn't say you think it's bad, right? Pete, you just, it's not for you. Try to picture it. It, uh, as you call <laughs> it, the, very, the fairy eyes. tale one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd probably lean towards it's not my taste, but I do hate it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, up to this point, I think the art's been really, really competent. There's been a lot of good, uh, like layouts and the action sequences are good. And then when Cal L shows up, the, the older Superman, he's at the great temples, right? He looks very sinister. And I don't know if that was the intent. I think it's meant to be welcoming, but he looks creepy as hell. Yeah. I think it's just, I think, um, so Savage occasionally has a couple of like mm-hmm. plasticky faces. Yeah. That's kind of the, the effect. And I don't think she's very good at drawing older men. Because I no. think it's supposed to be like, you know, just age wrinkles. Right. And it, it just doesn't really come off amazingly. But yeah, but the, the, when he shows up and he's just standing there, I'm like, oh man, this is Saru again. He's playing tricks. And that's not at all what it ends up being, right? This is... She's this is Kara's own head. Right. This is Kara, or is Paige's own, you know, she's processing the loss of her cousin, right? And this is what leads to her punching through the, the wall of awful, which leads to the, you know, the astral punching aspect of her powers now. Um, because he basically shows up and says, you know, like, I- I'm sorry for everything you've been through, but, you know, you're you're stronger than all of this. And this is the part that I really, that really spoke to me, right? Where Power Girl throughout this is talking about what love is and what is the opposite of love. And she says it's not Baby, hate, don't hurt hate... me. Baby, don't hurt me no more. Right? Is that... <laughs> That hate is like love's hardened edge, right? You put up there and it's something that you can attack with and, you know, it, you know, and it, it can hurt people. Um, and so she realized that the, the opposite of love is grief and that she's been dealing with a lot of grief and not really dealing with it. She's not dealing with it at all. And so this is what's led up to this, this wall of awful. And so she has to get through that grief and the loss of her cousin, the loss of Earth 2, to be who she needs to be. And uh, this is where we get her origin and, you know, kind of the birthing matrix type thing. Um, and again, Kal-El looking super creepy with the age lines. Um, but I think the rest of the art here, like her parents don't look as scary, right? Connor, would you agree? Yeah, they look okay, but they're only in one panel, right? right? I guess, yeah. Yeah, so, but... Um, yeah, so she she says that, you know, she's realizing now that uh, to freeze or falter in the shadow of love is the only way to fail their sacrifice. So she's like, well, it, I got to I got to be me. I got to I got to stop putting people at a distance. I got to start, you know, living the life that I need to live. And that's where she wakes up and she starts coming out and just taking out these these horsemen for good. And that's where we get the page with Catwoman. Right. Yeah. Um, so her and Omen team up. Um 
Sorrows in a old movie theater where he's, you know, playing one of his old movies. And um, he's thinking that the Power Girls come to, to join him, right? Because he's going to give her that sense of belonging. And she just punches the hell out of him. Um, the, the Super Family wakes up. She, you know, Superman shows up. Turns out he was dealing with a... It was off a spaceship. Was, yeah. Yeah. That's that's why he wasn't in, he wasn't in, in a this. in in a in the heads with everyone else. But he was also nowhere to be found to help. Right, and so you know, Clark shows up and says how proud of how proud of her she is for handling all of this when you know everyone else had a commission and that and you're then, you are a member of the family. And then Kara you know? gives a streaky. Yep, because she needs you know she needs a friend, and yep. so they they go back and. Uh, Kara or Kara Power Girl, Paige, henceforth. Yeah. Um, decides to punch a hole in the astral reality, and it looks like she's going on, you know, uh, adventures now. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm really intrigued to see because that seems to be the setup for the 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 series, series? that's coming. Mm-hmm. Is she's off doing something? Right. Through Which, these punches. Right, and I do hope we see some members of the Super Family. Like, I, I want to see some stuff with her and Supergirl. Right now yeah. that we we've had that. Kara really admires her and you know she has streaky and uh but just the fact now that like it it's even when she had psychic powers it differentiated her from the rest of the, the super family and supergirl herself this as silly as it sounds the astral punching or reality punching whatever it is seems silly but i think it really gives her makes her stand out because she isn't from this earth right no it makes her just something a little bit different because i think right. that's the whole point of this this mm-hmm backup and this one you know special so far has been just to kind of differentiate her from from Kara basically right. you know including uh, all right we're re-establishing her backstory is completely different right kind of giving her yeah. a, a new fresh name to make her feel different right keeping her at yeah. distance but still okay by the end she's kind of part of the family but still at a distance compared to right normal. and so she you know it's one of those ones where she's not like the because I wouldn't even say she's like the black sheep like the Jason Todd of the family. She's just going to be the one that's out reality hopping, you know? And I also yeah. felt like this is, and I don't know if this is because Leah Williams came from writing at Marvel and stuff. It kind of reminds me of what American Chavez, America Chavez's powers are. Oh, right? I can see that. Yeah. Right. The, the, and it might just be the star kind of, cause she has, she's punched it through reality. It's got a lot of points. Yeah. You know, but I, I, as someone that loves multiversal stuff and other earths, I think this is more than fitting for, for uh, power girl or page. She doesn't have a last name yet. Is she Paige Star? Like she was Karen Star? I don't Star? know. Actually. We don't know. So, but I, it's definitely added a fondness to her. You know, I, I put her in that Jesse Quick territory of you know extended family members that you know I have I have this weird affection for. So yeah, um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see again, folks. Obviously, uh, I believe it's a different artist. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how you know how, how much. How much Savage is what bring into the series and how much is Williams? Because I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is this very strong visual style that mm-hmm. Savage has. So definitely be interested to see how that goes. Yep. Get, yeah, get, def- get Tom King on the art. <laughs> they definitely won't look like lifeless dolls, that's for sure. Get Tom King on the, the art and profit. Yes. Step so one. Step two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, quick ratings, Connor. Just the this main part. Uh, I'm gonna look at eight. I think it's really solid. Uh, I'll go eight point five. I, it's made me a fan of Leah Williams. I'm gonna check out everything she does going forward now. 
and especially Power Girl. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely on board to check out the the next book. So, and then the backup, uh, it's the Fire and Ice story. Uh, starting here, it's uh, Joanne Starr on the script and Nacha Bustos on the art. Um, this is Fire and Ice going to handle a tidal wave in Baltimore. And so uh, it's really heavy on dialogue between the two. And uh, I'd say the art style fits the Justice League International vibes of it. It's very clean. Um, a, lot of, a lot of fine lines. But as they're in Baltimore, um, Fire mentions Ice. Isn't this, right? Isn't this Guy's hometown? Um, and Ice like, yeah, but don't don't mind that. Um, and Ice pulls out something out of her boot and presses it. Um, and as they're dealing with this tidal wave, right? Um, Fire's trying to just you know use her powers to to steam it away. Ice's building up ice walls uh guy gardner shows up um and uh fire takes exception to this because you know we're back to writing guy is a total jerk uh and of course fire has issues with his with her um best friend's ex um he starts doing the chauvinist thing of like oh let me show you girls how this is done so he he you know turns and makes a giant vacuum construct to start sucking up the water which of course doesn't make things better uh, and it, it makes things more difficult. So um, uh, it causes ice to, to, you know, overexert herself. She passes out fire gets pissed at guy. Um, and then uh, they just end, they end up arguing the whole time. Guy sends a, like a, a dragon construct after fire. Um, they keep fighting. Ice is trying to get them under control. She ends up putting them in like two separate ice bubbles to separate them. And uh, they're finally, you know, when the adult in the room shows up, Superman flies in to find out what's been going on. Uh, Fire automatically blames Guy, but then, you know, Superman is like, hey, guys, we're all on the same side here. I get it. Guy can be, uh, you know, Guy can be tough to deal with, but like, you guys got to put your egos aside when it comes to, to saving people because we're here for them, not for each other. Uh, and that's where Fire sees that the the thing that Ice pulled out of her boot was her old Justice League communicator, and it essentially let Guy know that they were in town, um, which then leads to them to get into an argument where Superman's like, hey, you guys, you guys need to take a break. I know the exact place that'll be good to get away and get your heads back on. And that's a, it cuts to them driving in a car, uh, walk, uh, entering into Smallville. So it's just basically the setup for the Fire and Ice series that's coming out, which... Is that the backup to the Power Girl, or was that just in this? Because I can't remember. What was in the backup? The the Fire and Ice, right? Is that going to be its own book? I think it's its own book. Okay. I think. So I can't remember if that was just more of a backup in the, the Power Girl thing, if they were going to partner these things up, or, or what? No, I think but, it's so many series. Okay. I mean, yeah. it, it's very good. As a guy fan, it, it kind of still, guy is a jerk. Well, this is what we're leaning back into. You know, and that's fine if that's what the continuity is going to be going forward. It's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but one I could take nonetheless. Uh, but the art style is very good. I think this is the same team that's going to be going on into the the main. But uh, yeah, very entertaining. Uh, a lot of again, a lot of dynamics that are going on between Fire and Ice. So if that that keeps up, and we'll see their shenanigans in Smallville. But yeah, I'll, I'll give this a seven point five. Okay. All right. 
Uh, so, DC Pride Special, issue one. Um, I'll just be straight up. I did not finish this. Okay. I, I didn't read all the stories. There was a few I just kind of... How am I off. the only one that ever reads everything? <laughs> because, like, some of the stories I got through, I was like, yeah, I'm not feeling this one. I read like, the first three, I think, and I didn't like any of them. I was just miserable. I didn't want to read anymore. I looked ahead at the next couple and was like, these these don't look appealing to me at all. Um, honestly, it's it's this thing where, you know, it's what I was saying earlier. I feel bad, like, dissing on what this is. But these specials are always these collection of stories that feel like backups from like other books just kind of thrown together. And I never get a lot out of them individually. Even the big headline one, which is Grant Morrison, I feel like, and maybe it's because I've not read Multiversity, but I I, I was just no, kind of lost. No, I read Multiversity, and this is still just a lot of... I like Grant Morrison when he's still grounded. This was not that grounded, all right? And for me, I have to know where Earth 36 is and what Earth 36 is meant to represent. And essentially, it's from Big Bang Comics, where instead of Green Lantern... They have a character called Flashlight, and instead of the Flash, it's the Red Racer. Um, and so everything else is basically the same. In his action comics run that introduced President Superman, uh, this is one of the planets that Super Doomsday, or Super Doom, killed the Superman. So Omni-Man in that book was killed. Uh, seems to be fine here, right? Which, as we know from uh, multiverse stuff. But yeah, this was very dense and very much the Morrison I don't enjoy reading. It was very heavy on some of the the science fiction-y tropes that just didn't work for me because I didn't have familiarity. Yeah, with, I, I with didn't really stuff. know any of these characters. Are, I mean, obviously I got that one of them was a Green Lantern-style character and yeah. that he's upset that his partner, who is a Flash-style character, mm -hmm. is dead. And at the end of the story, obviously, finds him and brings him back. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I, I couldn't tell you a goddamn you know, thing that happened in this. From his you could replace this with Alan Scott. Yeah. Mm. Like, almost beat for beat. And I think it would be uh, more more familiar, at the very least, more recognizable to more fans. Yeah. And would be a lot easier to just follow along with and get mm. invested in. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. But but I do like, because it does show that, so the, the Hal Jordan character's name is, uh, what is it, Hank Hallmark, right? And he really does go to the ends of the galaxy to bring his love back. So it's a very nice story in that you see him as, as time goes onward. Um, he starts to get the gray parallax as temples, right? And it kind of teases that he might have given up a piece of himself to make this happen. But it just turns out that he's just aging because this is how long this feat is taking. Yeah. Um, so, but again, there, there was some nice stuff in there, but it just, it definitely gets into the, 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 the Morrison sci-fi tropes that I just that are too far for me. Uh, the art looked pretty decent though, right? Uh, it's very very stylized in points. Like when we get to the and then here's more of this Octa Octa Thedras Prime. Everything's in like gray and white and yeah, it has a know, real washed out sci-fi vibe to it. Yeah. Oh, without any for me channel. without any of the, the kirby-esque charm right because like the the fourth world stuff can get real wacky right you start bringing yes. in the the forever people you know who are just hip say hippies and stuff but yeah uh this for me didn't have much of that charm but again as a story about love reaching to the ends of the galaxy i think it worked 
but yeah not i would want to read more of it though so yeah it ends with to be continued implying mm -hmm. there is going to be more of it yeah. uh and yeah, some I have no form. idea where no i don't think anything's been announced that is mm -hmm. obvious where it'll be uh, no idea uh yeah. but apparently it's planned so uh there's that uh, after this one we got a oh, where is it here? baby makes three it's harley crush and poison ivy that's the yes, one this is leah williams who uh -huh. me and matt just enjoyed the, the power girls yes. from and I, I enjoyed this one too okay i was gonna say i didn't hate this one i don't i don't care for crush much i know it's Lopo's daughter but yeah this is very much falls in the fluff side like i said yes. earlier of of this book um but it, it was enjoyable it also felt like this is part of the Harley TV, uh, Harley cartoon type vibe, because that's the type of Harley I was reading. I can see it. I think, fortunately for us, that seems to be the model of Harley that mm -hmm. they want going forward, because it's a very popular yeah. take on Harley, and I don't mm -hmm. think it's... It's not that unfamiliar to most people. No. I think it's, it's only very slightly tweaked from what we had before, mm -hmm. you know, the previous decade or so in the comics yeah. anyway. But just just her whole vibe. It, I, I feel like Lee Williams does get Harley's voice down fairly well. Yeah. Ivy's to me a little bit off, but I you know I, I can nitpick. But yeah, so uh, Crush washes up on this island. I think it's what the, the island time forgot dinosaur island, right? Um, yeah, it was dinosaurs. And she yeah she comes across Harley and Ivy having a vacation, um, and you know Crush talks about how she wants to get back to her girlfriend, and she got there because. Her spaceship uh, entered the wrong, like, entered the wrong atmospheric window, and she ended up, you know, overshooting her trajectory, and then swam to shore. Didn't think she'd find anybody. So uh, Harley and I were like, "Oh, hey, well, we're on vacation. We'll help you as long as we can." And they go to look, get their, you know, jet that they took there, and it's missing. Uh, so they're gonna just have to stay on the island, and they do, you know, Gilligan's Island type shenanigans, right? You know. Harley wants to go write SOS in the sand. She ends up writing, which is this a, a meme thing, Connor? The um, UWU? You're... Yeah, it's like a, okay. it's not really a meme thing. It's more just cutesy e-girl. Okay, thing. gotcha. So instead of writing SOS, is that, and then um, Harley ends up giving Crush a, a rock with a smiley face on it. Yeah. You know, as, as like a gift and they're writing dinosaurs. Um, and Harley and Ivy are, are like truly happy. Um, and then they realize that as, as Crush is like, well, I'm never going to get to see my girlfriend again. This is, this is terrible. Harley admits that she hid the jet and disabled the safe, like the, the alarm features. So her and Ivy could actually get a vacation and not have to rush through everything. Um, so they go and drop Crush off at her girlfriend's who then make it look like they had kidnapped her. And that, you know, as part of the deal, they're going to drop her here to stay out of her, their hair. You know, and they, they get a happy ending. You know, they embrace, and that's the end of the, the story. I I also like the art style in this. I think it fit the whimsical. Like Connor was saying, it was Yeah, it's, it was like it's great for a little Harley Ivy story. Yeah, and it, and I think it, it, you know, the colors, too, really pop with that kind of, you know, they're really kind of pastel. Really flat colors, really bold pastels, they say. Yeah. yeah lots, of, lots of pinks everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and you know, and Harley and Ivy, both those colors seem to um, complement each other, right? Yeah. And so, you know, very, very fun, very fun read. Yeah, the art wasn't for me. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, uh... Usually it's not for me either, but there was just the tone of the story, it matched. So I, you know, it worked out 
for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want to read a six issue mini of that, but for a backup, you know, um, for this one off, that was fine. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the Tim Drake story with Connor Hawk, uh, which this had a bit more meat to it, and that it was yeah. kind of them sharing their experiences of coming out and yeah. and sort of like finally talking about it because this is the first time they've really interacted yep. since so Tim's come out. Um, so I felt like there was actually some more interesting personal experiences mm-hmm. being filtered through the characters from the the creators. Yeah. So I, it had a bit more weight to it. I still didn't really think there was much to it overall, though, because it is ultimately just them having a conversation. Yeah, yeah but we I... did find out Batman has a letterboxed account. Yeah. Uh, that that took me out of it. Like, and I'm someone who who uses letterboxed. This is one of these things where you're referencing something too specific, where I'm just like, ah, this feels a bit weird. I don't know. Now I'm thinking about Batman logging into letterboxed and like yeah. clicking his movie Is ratings. it any weirder than them having Twitter, though, really? I mean, yeah, ba- but I think Batman shouldn't have Twitter, though. Yeah, Batman should also not have Twitter. Yeah, but Bruce yeah. Wayne has a Twitter account. Bruce but Wayne has a Twitter account. In. Yeah, yeah, he's got some staff for that. Right. No, but no, see, I'm I'm okay with this because, like you say, he he has staff for the, the you know the 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 public PR mm-hmm. Twitter account because he has to, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the letterbox is oh, that's just for him. It's not something that, that everyone knows about. It's, uh, I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's when does close. Batman have time to watch movies? Given how busy he is, you know, with justice and crime and oh, all he's that stuff. Asleep. That's when I watch most of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. What the hell? But I do like the idea also that it seemed like Damien set them up so they could, you know, take on take on these scarecrow goons. But it's almost like Damien kind of knew that they needed to talk with one another, mm. uh, which I don't know if like up to this point, like Connor Hawk had really known Tim Drake because th- they seemed to run in different circles. So I thought that was a little bit weird because not like Connor Hawk was a Titan. I mean, again, I'm not familiar with a lot of the, the past history, but the way he's, uh, you know, the way Connor Hawk's talking is like, hey, no, you were there for me at the time. Right. So I'm like, they must have had a reasonably right tight relationship at the time that's what i thought as well just from context it sounded like yeah they were either in a team together or something but nothing i knew about but i i assumed this was like you know early mid 2000s stuff that i just hadn't read yeah same so So. but yeah but no like it was it was fine um and you know connor being afraid to tell his dad you know not not afraid but like just because it's oliver queen and what he represents and the fact that uh, it's kind of weird though, because obviously people think as Oliver Queen as the the liberal bleeding heart right, of, of the right. yeah, of the. Well, and the, and the fact too that I guess he's asexual, um, yes. you know. So I, I feel like Ollie would would open you know, open arm acceptance that you know what I mean. So I'm sure he would. I think the way the way um, the way Hawks are describing it here is more like, hey, that's it's the so opposite of Green Arrow womanizer, right? right? That uh, he can't possibly relate. Yeah. I like to think that Ollie's like, oh, good, he's not going to be like me, because probably, yeah, yeah, too many, uh, too many partners. Yeah, too, too many partners screwing things up, right? That's like Oliver Queens up until Dinah, right? Every relationship has come back to haunt him majorly. Yeah. So yeah. So, but no, it was. I, I like the the spirit of it, and then when Damien shows up at the end, being like, oh. Took you guys long enough. I, I thought I was gonna have to go out there and rescue you. You know, just him being a, a little shit. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It was the next story that made me tap out. Uh, Bro, I have no idea what happened in this one. Still Force, 
Like, I'm assuming this is someone yeah. from the Flash run from Williamson because no, it talks about Stealth Force. No, in Lazarus, in one of the Lazarus books, remember? He does the... <laughs> no? They, yeah, so they do the... They're, they're out in, like, the middle of New Mexico, and they, they do the story of the Flash meeting the turtle. You don't remember any of this? No. No. Okay. So, yeah, there was a... In one of the Lazarus Planet one-shots, there was this whole story, and this kid ends up with Stealth Force powers. Uh, yeah, is it just me or does it feel like this book oh I mean, obviously tim and connor are relatively mm-hmm. big and so are harley and ivy but i feel like some of them were they were going for more niche choices for yeah. what characters they I were using part of that is this also is inclusivity. like the fourth or fifth year of them doing this now uh-huh. they've kind of hit uh, mm-hmm. some of the more major ones part of it is a lot of the truly major characters don't really fit in the pride right. book right because they are but you could tell theoretically you could tell a story of one of those characters you know you know like i would say from from the last doom patrol when they're talking about guy and how he wouldn't you know accept the 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 well the I, know. Star I, kid, I, I think that know? murky things up when you t- start telling stories about straight characters and how they perceive well, the... what i'm just saying you could put them in here though too those bigger characters but the fact that they're choosing to go with these newer ones too, I think that's also well, a smart choice. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not. Compa- I'm not saying. I mean, it's weird that you go to guy. I'm, I'm not complaining because Batman and Superman aren't here. I'm saying right. it's weird that there's not. A, I don't know, like a Montoya story, or there's not. You know, I think, again, like, I think this falls back to, to we've had those in the last couple of years. Yeah, but we get Stealth Force check. I mean, who is this? No, I look. I don't <laughs> like this story either. I don't have any idea. I'm, what I'm glad because I, I finished reading this last night and I was like. What did I just read? Like, Just Chambers shows up, which is cool. That's a, a flash that I recognize. You know, I think but... this is their first appearance outside of the uh, Future State stuff, right? Because they were the, the Future State flash. I believe so. Uh, even that, I barely remembered. I'm like, okay, I recognize this character. I know yeah. I've seen them somewhere, but I couldn't have told you where but, I saw this flash. But yeah, no, this this Stealth Force, uh, what is it, Circuit Breaker. I remember, I, I could have sworn you read that story, Pete. Because I remember talking about it with you. I don't remember this yeah. at all. <laughs> but yeah, this was just, this was kind of murky just with the story. Because I feel like they're doing stuff on multiple timelines. Because I feel like some of it is taking place in the future where Circuit Breaker is established as as a hero on this other Earth. Mm. And then Oliver is Circuit Breaker learning who they are and dealing with Jess Chambers, who kind of opens up their eyes to what it means to be, you know, this type of hero, this new new type where you don't have to pick you know they talk about non-binary and not just in the sense of orientation but in sense of you know you don't have to pick one or the other you can just be who you want to be so in in essence i like what the story it just takes way too long to get there you know and there's a lot of stuff on here that i'm just again trying to figure out when this is taking place this was the story where i started off reading it and then after about four pages i realized i was just skimming the pages mm-hmm. because i just didn't want to read all the, the bubbles anymore skimming this one yeah. yeah yeah so um so you didn't make it to the midnighter and apollo one nope. i read that one yeah i but... i enjoyed this one because it's very much the spirit of, of midnighter that i enjoy i, I uh, don't really like the art for this one no, the art was was definitely a take back. It's so different to everything else in the book as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that painted style. I don't know who to compare it to. Um, it's kind of like... Okay, how do I say this without it sounding really harsh? Mm-hmm. It's... I don't, I don't want to say... I don't want to use the word shit, because it's not shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, no, I want to be clear. It's not shit, but it's like... 
knock off Alex Ross? Kind of. Kind yeah. of like like okay. And we have Alex Ross at home. Yeah. Yeah. And but I, I, I mean, I'm on record as I don't really enjoy Alex Ross's interior art mm-hmm. very much. Right. So to then go, okay, it's someone else yeah. kind of doing the same sort of style. Right. And so this this story though is Apollo and Midnighter basically showing up to show support for the you know for the community for the pride. They're a pride rally. Yeah. And so you got Midnighter staring down you know counter protesters and they're being hateful. Um, and you know Apollo has to remind him like, hey, like look, you can't you can have a hard edge and that's good, but you also have to remember like we're we're supposed to be setting examples for other people. You know, and, you know, I, you know, and Midnighter calls Apollo soft a little bit, you know, and he's like, well, well, no, but like, we have to be better. And then Green Lantern shows up, you know, Alan Scott, and is basically, I've been doing this for long enough, but it's been because of younger heroes like Apollo and Midnighter and, you know, Tim Drake and, and John that allowed him to come out at a, at a, later age you know and he thanks them for that and then so it ends with with apollo and midnighter having another uh marriage ceremony just to really piss off the people that it's gonna and, and uh they hack all the things right because i, I, I yeah oh that's right this. they hack the tv yeah like so everywhere yeah so they're they're forcing people to you know see them live happy lives you know um uh but yeah i i like the the spirit of the story i wish the art was better because I do like seeing Midnighter and Apollo, you know, have to, you know, because they are the Wildstorm Superman and Batman analogs. Yes. So to see how they respond to these type of people that hate that they exist, you know, it is very Superman and Batman. Where, they're, you know, probably, Mid- they're probably like the highest profile characters in this book, I would say, mm-hmm. other than the Harley Ivy stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're probably the two longest running in this book that I can think of, like, like gay characters, mm-hmm. right? Because they've been around and, you know, gay for a long early, time at this point. Early 2000s, right? That's... Yeah, I think so. When the authority was? Which, you know, compared to, like, you know, a lot of these characters yeah. are people who were I mean, created two or three months ago in comparison. Right, right. Because I'd say Constantine, too, right? Cause oh, that's true, yeah. He's, he's been gay since that. the 80s. Yeah, so. yeah, and then you've got like Batwoman, who's like you know the the two mm-hmm. thousands, like that the, right. sort of that middle kind of era. Batwoman doesn't really have her own story here. She shows up in someone else's spirit world, mm. yeah, which was very murky because I didn't know. So in this, it's it's Xanthi, you know, being this person of two worlds, and they go to the cemetery because that's where they feel at home, and someone's attacking the Kane mausoleum, and they hint here like we know who they are. I felt lost for a hot second. Did you read this one, Connor? I did, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I skimmed. It basically boiled yeah. down to Santi floods with, with Batwoman. With with Kate, yeah. yeah. Um, has some cool breakdowns in that J.H. Williams kind of style that reminded me of the early Batwoman stuff. Oh, in terms was... of its panel layouts, I definitely yeah. agree with that. Not in terms of the actual art style. No, no, no. But, like, yeah, the breakdowns and the panels and stuff. Um, but, yeah, but so they're, they're talking about, like, uh, Kate's there and it's it's all the canes are are buried there and these people that were trying to break in you know she says it's a, a feuding family that's been around as long as the the waynes with this band of idiots so i'm like well who are these people that are trying to attack the cane mausoleum so it's not like they know that kate is 
that woman yeah right you know so i love some of that but um maybe it's not really the kid in mausoleum he's just taking credit for it maybe <laughs> i see what you did there that was a quality joke come on was. um <laughs> but i was like he did read this so that's not what it is and then i realized what you were doing um but yeah so so kate tells anthe about you know i, I wish i could talk to my mom you know um and that talks about this this necklace that she had it was this you know locket with the, an engraved tree on it so xanthi makes this tree out of the origami because we we've seen how they do that and it reaches in the spirit world and um xanthi hands kate that the amy or the locket um and, and yeah leaves this so, tree in the middle of the, the mausoleum in the mausoleum which is really nice you know um so wish who those guys were but as far as the spirit world i like i like xanthi as a character me too so um, and as a, someone that's not a big fan of the art in that book, like it's fine. It's just not for me. This, this art was much more my jam. Oh, I so, like the art in the main book quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the last thought about this steelworks story with Nubia, yeah, I have no I, idea. I, I looked at the art and noped out immediately. So we, we, we can just skip, uh, Nubia is trying out a, essentially a danger room. And I don't understand the point of this. It just, it really felt like they were just, you know. Also, I don't think I realized Nubia was, uh, you know, gay or whatever. Like, right. what is she? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I've no idea. The Amazons. I, I don't think I've actually really read anything with Nubia mm -hmm. yet outside of those very first few backups. I think she was mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think but I've actually read anything like that. Yeah, she definitely she comes here as Queen of the Amazon with with Io, who's I, I think the the her partner. Um, and they're trying out Natasha's, you know, essentially it's a danger room thing. And there's just a whole bunch of here where Natasha's up in her head because the queen of the Amazons here. And I don't get what the point of the story was eventually at the end. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of on that one. Sorry. Um, I'm surprised Pete didn't read the Catman Ghostmaker story that, that, Ends with them. Uh, the the Ghostmaker ghost story? I saw Ghostmaker at the bottom of the <laughs> yep. first page and was like, nope, I'm good. Yeah. Yep. There's, there's, there's very Which... few characters that just get instantly like, go away yeah. heat from me. Because but... I was like, so... oh, Catman, interesting. And yeah. and then it was Ghostmaker. Like, ah, Which I, I, I didn't realize um, Catman was a member of this community. So that was a surprise for me. You I didn't things. know he was either, but it's also not surprising. Yeah, no. Um but again, I'd rather just have a Catman story than Ghostmaker showing up. And then them fighting off these, what were they, like mercenaries? Wait, is Ghostmaker part of the community as well? Yes. Yeah, Ghostmaker is famously by. Famously. Yeah. Famously, Pete. No, famously. Famously. It was, this was like a big, well, at least on, on Twitter, it was a big, big to-do that Ghostmaker was. Was this in the, the, the original Batman book or did this come about in the Batman Inc. stuff? Where I think was, it was originally in the the because we see him in the Batman backup, so it was in the the backups. I think that Tynan wrote. Wait, well, we was other backups I didn't read. Probably. <laughs> so if you don't remember, because I <laughs> yeah. I remember because he's crawling out of bed with with a guy and a girl. And, oh, I and, I vaguely remember that though. Yeah. And so okay. here. Here, See, this, this comes back to my 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 yeah. rant about which characters were being picked before right. is that. Like he was in a threesome in one scene, and that's all. That is the. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more to it. I'm sure in Batman yeah. Inc. or something that has been yeah. elaborated on. But... I, 
I think it has, and they, they kind of played into it in with uh, with Bruce in in uh, the night, right? Because there was that whole seduction aspect. Um, what was that issue? Was that issue five, where he had to get the information out of him? Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And I think they're leaning into that, but I remember Tynan has has confirmed that Ghostmaker is asexual. So so here, um, him and Ghostmaker and Catman end up fighting off these mercenaries. And then they go to blow off steam with one another uh, and lay tangled in bed. So I was like, okay, this is this is something now, I guess. They bring back Catman, but now I'm going to not have to read them because they're going to put them with Ghostmaker, maybe. <laughs> that's kind of sad. That's a double-edged sword of how that yeah. was one. Honestly, yeah. this special is just this weird combination to me of some of the characters I just don't like that much. Um, mm-hmm. It's all backup style fluff stories for the mm-hmm. most part every single one of these anthologies always back yeah. up self well, the right. hope is, is there's going to be one genuinely good story right and some of the, mm-hmm. the the anniversary issues that the characters get tend to have a couple of good stories because yeah. they put a lot of big names on the creatives for those um but a lot of these ones end up feeling a little bit lackluster do you know what i'm gonna say is the difference between i don't think it's that there's strong creatives on those anniversary specials because i think there are strong creatives on this as well mm-hmm. I think the difference is when you're focusing on one character for those anniversary issues, you inherently want a variety of styles of story about that character mm. in that one issue. You don't yeah. want a lot of the same type of story because otherwise it's just like, okay, it's a bit boring. So they, they, they you know, the, the editor side of it, Spice, I, mean, I want you to do this type of story. You come pitch, you know, pitch me this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think when it comes to the, the more generic ones that aren't focused on a single character where they're a bit wider, like you know, this one, for example, or um, and any of the other ones that are, that are basically not just one character. This this isn't even just like the the ones that are like promoting uh, a cause. But I'm thinking even the ones that are like the Halloween ones that you get, like the horror ones every mm-hmm. year or the, the, the Valentine's ones that they do. It's always the same problem where... Every single creator comes in and goes, oh, I'll do a cutesy little story on this theme with these characters. And they all end up feeling more or less the same as opposed to having that variety because they're forced to because they're all on the same character. You can't have 10 of the same story, you know, the same type of story in one book if it's all about Superman. But if you've got one Superman story and one Batman story and one Wonder Woman story and so on, so on, they can kind of all be variations on the same. That's that's a good point. And... I just, yeah, I, I you know I read a few of them and then I got to that Still Force character and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I think I'm just done. That was easily the roughest one just because of all that was doing. Um, but yeah, well, it's a shame that you didn't get to read this this John one because this one might be my favorite in the. This oh, one's quite good. I thought oh, we're done. There's another one. Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> one more. Yeah, it's it's yeah it's it's John Kent and Constantine. And uh, it starts in rural Vermont. This is between the House of Mystery and the House of Secrets. And John's fighting this, like, undead creature, which is called a fetch, which I had never heard of, so I looked it up. And apparently it's a it's an undead creature of, of Irish folklore, right? Yes. And, and so uh, it's got Constantine and Felix Faust. They've made a bet that if, you know, if John can win, um, if John can beat Constantine's fetch that he's conjured, there's going to be because they don't hit at it until the end but they have some kind of deal and so of course constantine bet against uh john kent and this fetch is just 
you know it's it's this big like how would you describe it connor it's like uh it's kind of like a think doomsday cross with swamp thing yeah so it's this big tall monster with long limbs and like a skull head right and so they're going back and forth and and felix faust is like i can't believe you bet against superman like who are you right and uh you know john comes down and i was like you need to call off your your magic monster uh and constantine's like no this is about you know something else you know so you need to keep going so uh they end up getting into the fight and uh, john keeps coming down to to confront constantine gets being pulled back in by the fetch before finally it overpowers him and uh john has to quit right so foul uh foul ends up losing he gets pissed he you know operates off got in a puff of gold smoke and you learn that constantine had john throw the fight because what they were fighting over or what they had the bet over was a soul of one of Constantine's friends whose name was Oliver yeah. uh, and that he wanted to get him out of hell. And so of course, you know, Superman would agree to take, you know, to throw a fight if it meant saving, you know, a person that didn't belong in hell. I love um, that this has like everything for both characters. Like John, like, I don't really mm -hmm. like throwing fights, but it's right. a, a good cause. Right. And it's John Constantine doing his, right. technically is like, there is a there is something good deep in him. That's why he does mm -hmm. tend to fall on the hero side. Right. But even doing this, he still has to cheat his way through everything. It's, yeah. it's always a, a long con. Mm -hmm. Of course. And he goes, you really think your old man would have thrown a fight against one of my silly monsters? And he goes, for Oliver? Probably. You just you probably just have to ask him. Right? And then at the end, as Constantine's walking away and John's going the other way as he knocks the head off of this thing with ease, right? Conte's like, yeah, I can't wait to tell everybody that my fetch kicked his ass. Yeah. So, yeah, this this could have been just a backup in, in you know, John's book. Just in Superman, in yeah. Literally anything. Um, and it was, yeah, this is Christopher Cantwell with Skylar Patridge on art. Yeah, and, like I said, uh, Cantwell, I've been really enjoying the stuff he's been yeah. doing at uh, Marvel over the last couple yeah. of years. So I, I hope yeah. to see more from him at DC coming yeah. up. This, you know, Constantine is one of those characters too that I've I've gone through phases with where I get annoyed because sometimes, like in the wrong hands, I just I it's a character I don't like. Here, though, you know, through this through this lens of John, you know, him getting John to throw the fight for a good cause. I think that's one the of those key to, to Constantine is mm -hmm. is when he has a purpose yep. beyond just doing oh I, I, shady I know, stuff, shady stuff, power, you know, money, right. whatever like that. Right. It's when he has something good at the at the root thing that he wants to achieve, and he does it in some pretty usually kind of scummy ways, and he maybe sacrifices some people along the way, right? And that's when he can be unlikable. Well, but yeah, and and I feel like John has a John Kent has a better understanding of who Constantine is, right? Because he has a little bit more of a cynical word worldview than his dad does, right? So here, when he's just like, you know, you would have had to just ask my dad. He knows that Constantine would never ask Clark to throw a fight, right? Yeah. That, that's why he, he came here. But I feel like John has, you know, not that he has more in common, but I think he can see Constantine's schemes a little bit better because he's not as starry-eyed about stuff as his, his dad is. Yeah, definitely. You know, so I, I this is a, a combination that I, I really enjoy seeing together. So, yeah. Yeah, this was kind of uh, a fun little story. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't expecting 
Yeah. Me neither. I, I, I got to the end. I was like, not a pairing that you'd expect. No, I I got to the end. I was like, oh, Constantine, and then I saw John. I was like, all right. And then I ended up like, this is one of the better things I read this whole week. Not just in this, you know, not yeah. just in this special. So. And then there's like a, there's a three page preview for the Dreamer graphic novel, which yeah. I didn't bother reading because it was a three page preview. Um, can you guys who read Doom Patrol? Can you explain to me this uh, this Doom Patrol block party uh, piece of art? in here oh this rachel pollock stuff no other that but there's there's right before that right there's one of the oh oh um, i see it um, they're on Danny the street right but whose head is that in in the tray it's a good question uh, yeah and and who's the lady here is this one of which lady the 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 one across the table from the 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 one girl so uh... in the foreground on the left. Yes. That... I don't know this one either. Do you? Yeah. Pre- I'm not looking at it. Sorry. It's got robot men dancing with somebody. And you got negative man, negative woman in the back with, you know, they have Danny the street. He's got a, got an ice cream truck there. Just having Danny shakes. It's, it's a fun little image, but I was like, I don't know. Why is that man's head in a tray? I mean, he could just I'm assuming that looks like, like a tray of ice, right? Right, but it looks like the chief, right? It does look like the chief, but I don't remember okay. him being headless. But no, me neither. Yeah, and then the lady kind of looks like Witchblade a little bit. So I'm like, is this one of Crazy Jane's people? Like, I'm I mean, not sure. If you told me it was, I'd believe it. Yeah. So but that, that that was just it. Um, yeah. Oh, cool. I didn't really look at the pinups very much. I, I I very rarely do in these. I yeah. just kind of flick past them, and get to the next story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't usually rate these, do we? Because it's no kind of a. I wouldn't be really be fair. I only read like half of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of a weird instance. Anyway, uh, so that takes out some Patreon books. Then every month at Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV, you can make myself a corner read a book. Um, and since I was relatively quiet during that, I will kick us off with American Vampire issue thirty, which we had the cliffhanger last time of the vampires coming for henry and the vm's hospital um hattie's behind the whole thing skinner turned on everyone as he always does um and this is a very action focused issue with them racing back uh cal's came and helped peril so she's not been killed like they thought she was going to and they're racing to the the hospital to to save henry it's really quite that simple um there's some good stuff like the art right away is like them speeding in the car uh down the road there's a lot of speed lanes and then panicking as they try to get through traffic um the whole thing with with hattie she wants to actually turn henry into a vampire because she wants to basically make him her slave like all of her other vampires that she sired is because she think that will be the best way to like sort of like bastardize Carol's like relationship with him is like oh now her husband's going to be mine and Skinner actually sort of steps in and stops her which leads to them fighting together and it's almost like is this actually doing a little thing here where Skinner's actually do is he doing because it kind of feels like even though he's turned on everyone and he was out for himself like he always is it kind of feels like he's stepping in here because he knows Pearl wouldn't want this and there's because mm-hmm. you know because and it, Hattie even sort of accuses him of being in love with her and that he's doing stuff for her and he denies it of course but like he kind of feels like yeah on some level he does care about her he's felt kind of off ever since they had sex um 
you know, like he's being conflicted because he knows he's going to be turning on her. So, yeah, we get a big fight scene. There's a lot of the, the extra nails, uh, you know, sticking out the teeth. Uh, when Pearl does show up, um, Hattie says, um, your part, part was cut already. There's a lot of, like, a movie-making puns and, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fibbage. Um, and to that, Pearl says, yeah, I wrote myself back in, bitch. Uh, which I thought was a good line. So we get them fighting. Um, a lot of the art turns very orange and red. Uh, almost like things are getting like not bloodier, and that there's like bloods, you know, sp- you know, like spreading, but like it's just slowly tinting red, mm-hmm. kind of thing, ha- uh, ramping up the tension. Um, but yeah, so yeah, a lot of this is the big fight scenes, and just as Hattie's maybe about to kill Pearl with a gold dagger, Henry is actually up and shoots it out of her hand. But it's his last act. He says, hey you, Pearl smiles at him, and then he collapses. And the end of this issue, the big thing in here is that he dies. This is the end of his time. And Pearl rushedly goes to cut her own wrist to try and sire him and try and pour her blood in his mouth to save him and make him a vampire uh, as Cal finishes off the rest of the vampires. But it doesn't work. She's too late. There's a great full-page spread of her like just weeping, holding him in her arms, all that stuff. And the end of the issue is Pearl leaving for good. She's saying goodbye to Cal. Uh, she's leaving the state of California. And Cal's got a note that Henry wrote for her just before he died. And he's basically saying, I'm glad we we decided together to not turn me. Um, which has got a lot of a bitter tinge to it because she was trying to. You know, if she'd gotten her way right at the very end, she would have went against these wishes and turned them. It was just too late to actually achieve it. So that obviously adds a little bit of the the drama to it and the sadness that she's feeling, but he's basically like, "Hey, I, I never, I never want. I'm too tired. I never wanted to live forever. Like your story is much bigger than just me. My part in your story is done, and it's time for you to 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 move on." So it's it's all very sad. It's all very um, melancholy. The end of this issue, and it does feel like the end of a big chapter because this entire story, the first arc, was them meeting and he references that he references asking her to coffee in 1925 so it really does feel like a, a big like this could have been the end of the whole book in in mm-hmm. some ways like if, if you said the end of pearl and henry's story was the end of the book uh you know at the very least the last time we ever see pearl because that's the end of that character story i could have believed you i don't think it is i'm sure we see pearl again later on but it would have worked as some kind of an ending but yeah, I mean that's the the basic uh, gist of it. Uh, the art is pretty great here. I think the art really gets to sing because so much of it's action focused. You know, it has the speeding back to get get to him at the start of the issue. It has all the vampires fighting in the middle, and then at the ending, it gets to change gears completely into this sad melancholy. You know, when she's standing in the car or next to the car, I should say, uh, and Cal comes in, and it's the uh, the the garage doors kind of like halfway up. So it's very moody and shadowy, and it's really playing with kind of this, like, she's in darkness. Uh, it's all very good stuff, uh, as you would expect. Albuquerque, obviously, has been mm-hmm. c- consistently on fire when it comes to this book. Uh, we know Skinner's out there somewhere. He cut his tracker out, or his, like, implant out. Um, in fact, it's even implied that Peril may have done it for him. Because um, he says that in order to do this, he would need, like, a lot of blood, and it would have to be blood that's like his and mm-hmm. Pearl's kind of the only one around that really does have blood that's like his so mm. uh it's very interesting and you know in those final moments of the fight like 
I don't know how much she's aware of what Skinner did to betray everyone, but she definitely saw him fighting alongside her um, in the big fight. He was definitely fighting the other vampires, so on some level, maybe she felt she owed him. Whatever it is, but he's uh, he's out there somewhere, as Skinner tends to be. Uh, but not really good issue. It's probably a solid 8.5. I don't think it quite reaches the heights of some of the book's best issues, but it does feel like a big closing chapter for, for the book. Um, you know, and this is, what, 30 issues? You know, not counting the, you know, the spin-off miniseries. And it feels like the closing of the first big act of American Vampire. Um, so, yeah. Curious to see what's, uh, what's coming next. There you go. That's, that'll about do it. Uh, Connor uh, read Noctera, the Val special. So, take it away. Yeah, which is fine. It's basically a showpiece to have um, Francis Manipal on art for a guest issue. Let's go. Which I'm never mad at because Manipal does be good. Um, that said, I suspect it's skippable if you decided to not pick this up between the two arcs. Because this is set after issue 11, but before 12. Um, and I, I could be wrong, but it feels somewhat inconsequential. Uh, it basically follow, follows Val. Um, so at the end of the last issue, she stayed behind uh, to set fire the base, and everyone thought she was dead. But uh, but but she's not. She got turned into like, you know the the black suit like like uh, like, uh, like Bill. So uh, looks very sinister now, and the issue is basically just some of Val's motivations that we that we kind of been going on. Uh, why she's a, a ferryman. Um, there's a lot of stuff relating to Charon, uh, you know the Greek myth stuff how he, he was kind of an asshole, you know, like, hey, it's all well and good if you paid, but if not, tough shit, sit in the dark for a hundred years. Um, and the idea of, okay, well, maybe in these times, they need to be a little bit better than that. Maybe there, there has to be some greater cause of doing it for, you know, the right reasons, along with getting paid, but not just for getting paid. And, um, it's kind of like her, the Val's mentor, Royce, um, person that you know, you know they looked up to, and you know he he was you know the, this this runner of a convoy as well, ferrying people in in need between the the two you know two places with the lights, and it ultimately turns out he was kind of a shitbag as well before before the uh, the big PM, um, he was not long out of prison. Um, and implied that he probably wouldn't have been too long till he was back in prison. In, in all reality, he probably would have slipped up again. But in this new world, he ended up kind of being better. Uh, and and Val kind of wears his his helmet in kind of in in memory of him. Uh, and it's like you know that's her hero. Uh, and. Yeah, like I say, it's, it's it's very much an inconsequential issue in terms of Val just kind of going around, get a little, little bit of motivation, we're just kind of a little, little bit of action, some some gunfights, some some van lorry chases. All of it looks gorgeous because Manipal. Uh, 
I, I actually I enjoyed all of it, but there's not a lot of meat to it. Um, but I am looking forward to the next arc. Uh, kind of where we're heading towards Eos. We, we all really want to see what what goes on with that now. But yeah, this is it's a it's a solid seven out of ten. But it is very very skillful. I suspect it's included in one of the trades. I depending on how long the third arc is. I think the second arc was only five issues. It's probably thrown in with the second trade, but I would likely put it in with the third trade if that's also only five issues long. Um, just because I think having that, having this as a lead-in before the next arc, I think probably works better than it being an epilogue to the to the last arc. Uh, just in terms of where that ended, I think that's where you'd want to end that trade. I think that this this kind of fits better as a kind of a, a slower pace lead-in. Uh, which is, I think, more or less how it's lined up with how they've published it. I think it kind of published straight from that into the next arc, and they had the break before this. But, yeah, no, it's a, it's a solid issue. It's a fun enough read. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back to the main book and the uh, the actual issues. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, and thus kind of gets us to the part where we're supposed to pick our favorite stuff of the week, mm-hmm. but it's kind of a weird week where uh ranking the books is a bit odd because hey, you want to rate your one book yeah no, you want to rank it it's number one ah. shockingly they deserve hey. to be number one we can still talk about covers and moments and stuff though right like we can i mean if, if you have like a, a favorite moment of the week you want to talk about i mean yeah it's definitely a, a power girl punching you know reality right and breaking through her wall of awful that was a real real good moment so that's pretty good yeah um uh, mine would be from power girl it's just that that sorrow uh fragrance advert on the first yeah. page you know, because you don't need a face to turn heads <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. pretty great uh i guess main Was there anything in tech that really stood out? Not really, but <laughs> probably just the end in tech, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I hate week fives, man. <laughs> they suck. Uh, all right. Yeah, you could do cover of the week, I suppose. Uh, Matt, you got a cover? Uh, yeah, there's a Jen Bartel uh, Harley and Ivy cover. Oh, but which one, do you, which one are you going with? The uh... Just the regular, not not the... Not the purple one. Not the purple one. And then also there's a Chula Lote Power Girl cover. Mm. Um, those two would be a tough pick, but I, I, I'll go with Bartel because we don't get to pick her very uh, often. I'm going with a Sebastian Femura cover of Detective Comics, which is a really cool painted looking cover of Batman taking his head off to reveal an actual bat head. <laughs> and it looks nice. Yeah, cool. it's, it kind of goes in with that whole, you know, uh, dark opera vibe. Yeah. Plus, he's got the, uh, the, the blue cowl and cape, which mm-hmm. is nice to see as well. Uh, it's actually a really big bat logo in his chest, which I didn't really notice until now. But whatever. It doesn't really yeah. take my uh, mm-hmm. my thinking of it down any. Uh, you got one, Connor? Yeah, I think... I suppose, no, I think every single Power Girl cover is great. I don't think there's a bad one amongst them. Mm-hmm. But I'm going with the, the Jim Bartel Pride cover as well. I'm, I'm going with the purple one. I really like the purple one. Yeah, okay. Well... In that case, I'll just take us out to tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics. Thankfully, more than this week. Uh, so we have Batman 136. Shit. 
<laughs> uh, hopefully it'll be hopefully it'll be better it's new arc maybe maybe things will be up but yeah batman 136 uh we got the flash issue 800 so you know so this is a weird one because i think it finishes off the uh the current run but also has stuff for stuff coming up as well that's not that weird. That's what they did with Action 1000, Tech 1000. Yeah, it's just a little bit weird when I'm not reading the well, current run. I'm like, okay, I've got to read like half. Like, how yeah. how how important is the other half of it? Uh, I don't know. Uh, but as someone who is reading the current run and wants to try the new run, it is yeah. uh, A-OK for me. Uh, there we go. Darkness of Steel issue 11. We have Poison Ivy issue 13. Shazam issue 2. Adventures of Superman, John Kent, issue 4. The Joker, The Man Who Stopped Laughing, issue 9. Peacemaker, Tries Hard, issue 2. Steelworks, issue 1. The Joker Uncovered, issue 1. And Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, 122. Uh, what is The Joker Uncovered? It's just covers. It's just, oh, yeah, oh, it's, okay. yeah. it's that same um, that they did with The Batman Uncovered. So it's the... Who's the artist on this one? Is the Bermejo ones? Did they... Because I know with the Bermejo one before, with the Batman one, it was like turned into a story, right? Yeah. Are they doing the same here? I believe so. Oh. Wait, no. No. It says, uh, you know, art can come from many places. Most great art's about truly despicable people. And that spirit, yeah, no, it doesn't seem like no, they're this, doing a story. This just seems to be a collection of the covers as opposed to making mm -hmm. them into a story. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Which is a lot less interesting. There's there's a user review on League of Comic Geeks that says, Another cheap money grab by the folks at DC. Be sure to buy all three covers for a book that is literally just reused covers. So, it's funny. I mean, they're not wrong. No. It's $6 as well. But it's Joker, so Joker will sell. Is it like a special size or something? Well, there's 40 covers in there, I think. I think it said. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so yeah, there's a reasonable amount of books next week. So uh, we'll have plenty to talk about. Con uh, Connor will be here next week. Uh, oh, yes, and I have to read five goddamn issues of Batman. And Matt will you not don't have to. You could just jump into this one. And no, Matt, Matt will not be here next week because he's oh. on a cruise the next two weeks. So mm -hmm. uh, you'll be getting two Peter Connor episodes before all three of us are together again after that. So uh, prep yourself accordingly. Uh, but this has been episode 359 of Comics from the Multiverse. You can let us know what you think of the comics in the comments. You can like, subscribe, all that usual stuff. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash TV and supporting us over there. But that is pretty much it. It is... It's a week five. It's a week five. The, the vibes of a week five are just... They're eh, you know? Yeah. Eh. The eh vibes of a week five. Uh, that kind of rhymed. I did not mean that, but uh, yeah. So uh, hopefully, we we helped with your like obvious depression because it's week five and you get no reasonable amount of comics to read. But unless you read Marvel, obviously, because Marvel had a bunch this week. But if you yeah. read any other publisher, then week five kind of sucks. So thank you for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.